Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where we're going to live for eternity. Worshiping the Lamb. Hallelujah. Worshiping Him. Worshiping Him. Uh, there's nothing, really, there's nothing else that satisfies me but worshiping my Lord. Hallelujah. Because it's so, it produces something within me. It produces something within me that it's not about me. It's all about you. Hallelujah. Because we focus so much on the hand of God, whereas God wants us to focus on the heart of God. Hallelujah. He wants us to focus on his heart. See, it's not what he can do for us. It's what he can produce in us when our heart is knit with his heart. Hallelujah. You see, we have all this motivation which comes from the flesh. Some of it is trying to please God, trying to be holy, trying to be what God has already done in us. If we would but worship him, hallelujah, we would see it more clearly. That, you know, we sang that chorus, I saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. And if you read on it, it, in the scripture, it says, and I fell on my face before him. Hallelujah. All his physical strength went. And you know, I believe sometimes we, we rely so heavily on our physical strength, what we can do, what we can say, what we can project when all God really wants us to do is worship him. And when you worship something, it's constantly in the foreground. It's not in the background. Hallelujah. And that's, that's the wonder of it all. You know, I often wondered what Jesus did when he went up on the mountain to pray. <laughs> now, what, if you're part of God, <laughs> and uh, as Jesus was, you're walking along in fellowship with God and the God is speaking and showing you things what could you pray about? Well I suppose he was praying for his disciples he was praying for the situation but I think more more he was worshipping the Father you see he was experienced in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. He came from the heavenlies. He came from a place of worship before the Father. So what is more natural, spiritually natural, to Jesus than anything 
it's getting into that realm of worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So powerful. So powerful. It's so powerful. When the, when the Holy Ghost first, first really hit me, I was dancing. I'd never danced in my life beforehand. <laughs> I was dancing. I was supposed to be, I was doing what Peter does, looking after the PA. Well, the PA went out the window and I started <laughs> dancing. <laughs> so, Peter, if it happens to you, mate, forget it. <laughs> and I've not stopped dancing since. Praise God and worshipping God. I can tell you the chorus I was singing. <laughs> if I could remember it. <laughs> Doesn't matter anyway, does it? It's not. <laughs> like a mighty sea. It was a chorus called Like a Mighty Sea. Comes the love of Jesus rolling over me. The waves of glory roll. <laughs> With joy I can't control. Mighty love of Jesus flooding over my soul. I don't know how I danced to that. <laughs> it's more, it's a, I think it was more in a waltz rhythm. But it changed my life. Hallelujah. Changed me. Not just changed my life, it changed me. I was connected to that to the heavenly realm through the power of the Holy Spirit I was never the same again it was just a step on the way 1966 step on the way I wasn't in ministry I wasn't in ministry for another 12 years after that but something got inside of me and changed me you see sometimes we expect something when the Holy Ghost does something to instantly change nothing changed other than my worship. Nothing changed. I wasn't doing anything spectacular for God, but something had changed in me. So when the opportunity came along and I was chosen by God for, for uh, uh, the ministry in 1978, I was ready because I had what God had put in me in those 12 years. Hallelujah. See, sometimes we think, well, I've been prayed for, I've got it, this is it, and go out, and we make a right mess of it. <laughs> but God is patient. We have to be patient, because he wants to change us. He wants to bring us into something that's... I'll tell you what he wants to bring you into. He wants to bring you into joy and liberty. Hallelujah. He wants to bring you into joy and liberty, because that's what it did for me. It brought me into joy and liberty. I was liberated. You know, I came from a... Uh, <laughs> a brethren style church we didn't believe in the Holy Ghost first thing God did to me was fill me with the Holy Ghost I went back to church on the, on the Sunday and the only one person in that church really knew what had happened to me because he had been filled with the Holy Spirit and he would stayed in that church uh, I don't know why he stayed in the church but he was, he liked the church it's a beautiful church, lovely church Lots of friends. We had 50 young people, 50 ladies, 50 men. I got one of mine from them. <laughs> <laughs> but from that Sunday onwards, I had nothing in common with, with them. Sad. They thought I'd gone to hell, but I've gone to heaven. 
<laughs> Bless the Lord. So it's wonderful, isn't it, what God can do when you get a dose of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know where I'm going this morning. I've lost it, haven't I? <laughs> well, I, I was going to talk about the tree of life. Now, we read about the tr tree of good and evil, and everybody knows about the tree of good and evil in the um, Genesis. But alongside the tree of good and evil, there was another tree. It was called the tree of life. Very powerful, two, Genesis 2 and 9. Don't need to go there, there's not an awful lot there. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They are. So there were two trees. Hallelujah. Then if we go to 2.22, this is after man had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God had to do something. And the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore the Lord sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Hallelujah. Then we read Revelation 2 and 7. One of the promises to the churches was this. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now we see that the tree of life has obviously moved from earth to heaven. So we can't go looking for it today. It's no longer here. It's already in paradise. Hallelujah, waiting for us. And then if we read in Revelation 22 and 2, and this is what God showed John, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bear twelve manner of fruits, yielding her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I think this is talking about the millennial um, thousand year reign of Christ uh, because it's talking about time, it's talking about months um, and so this tree is there God's put it there 
It's there for us to eat from. Now, Jesus is the tree of life. The cross is the symbol of the tree of life. It says, Jesus said in John 3, 4, I've got it right. 3.14, I can't read my own writing. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. And then if we refer that back to Numbers 21 and 8, we read about Moses in the wilderness. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh unto it, shall live. And that's, I believe, what Jesus was talking about in John. For a, there is life, a look at Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you looked to Jesus for life? Hallelujah. It's something very special because to look you've got exercise of faith. Hallelujah. And that's a wonderful thing. Jesus hung on a cross that we might look to him. I believe every one of us in this room, probably, has been, had that experience of looking to Jesus and asking him to come into our life and bring forth life. And that's the wonderful thing. I've had a wonderful life <laughs> since I found Jesus, or he found me, put it more correctly. Life has been so different, so different. I've had my ups and downs. I've had my disappointments, but above all, I have had the faith that God put within me to bring me through every situation and circumstance. You see, if we start looking to Jesus, he is our protection. He guards and he keeps us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, don't look at, there's a song we sing, isn't it? Don't look at the problem. Look a little higher. Never mind the wind or rain. Never mind the fire. Jesus can do miracles. He turned the stones to bread. Don't look at the problem. Look to God instead. We have this wonderful thing in our lives that we can look away to Jesus. Look away to Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 6, 53, which completely hit the people. John 6. 
53. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth of my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus is the tree of life. He is a fruitful tree. You see, if you eat of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then you are full of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, the curse has been removed. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're blessed. You know, we say, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Keep blessing me, Lord. Keep blessing. We're blessed already. Hallelujah. You're blessed already. You have Jesus. We're blessed. We don't need any more. You know, we want, when you say bless me, bless me, send some money. Well, we're looking at the money. We're not looking at the tree. We're looking at the money tree. We're not looking at the Jesus tree. You see, we, we, we think God blesses us because we ask him. I know it says if you, if you need anything, ask of him. But there's a difference between asking and just coming into his fellowship and eating of the fruit of the Spirit from the tree of life. Hallelujah. Because it has, a, it has the potential to change us. Hallelujah. Because I, I've, I don't know about you, I've had lots of things that I would have liked, but looking back over, the, over history, I can see it wouldn't have been good for me, and God didn't give it me because it wasn't good for me. It wasn't going to be a blessing to me. And how many times can you look back and see things that you would, you would have desired, which weren't of, of him, wasn't him, how they could have been a stumbling stone to you. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus said, a rich man, it's more difficult for a rich man to enter in to the kingdom. He didn't say it was impossible. He said, all, with God, all things are, impossible, or are possible. But it's more difficult because you have to deal with the riches that you have. You have to say, well, if I didn't have this money, I would have Jesus. And not rely on the money. You see, I, I don't know about you, um, I've relied on things in life as I've gone along. People, things that I believe, you know, have you ever been promised a raise and never get it? <laughs> um, But you see, God protects us. And it's wonderful. 
You know, when we don't get what we desire, but we get what Jesus desires to do in us. Hallelujah. John 3.16 says, I'll quote it from the Bible. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then in 1 John 4, 18, it says, Perfect love casts out all fear. I thank God that the love of God casts out all fear. Sometimes we have to overcome fear. Sometimes we have to face fear. But fear vanishes when you know you're loved by God. It's one of the wonderful things. When you're fearful, just think how much God loves you. Hallelujah. And fear is banished when God's love comes into your life. Love protects us. It's a Psalm 91. I don't know whether you're into Psalm 91. I think a lot of us are. It talks about, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. And then it goes on. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, the noise of pestilence, cover thee with his feathers and his wings. You shall not be afraid by, for the terror by night, nor the pestilence. A thousand shall fall by thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So there's a qualification there. The first two verses is a qualification. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. So it's a, a matter of placing yourself under the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then it's what you say. I will say of the Lord. He is my fortress. Hallelujah. You see, you might get tested on it. That's the thing about the Word of God. There are trials and there are tests. 
Hallelujah. A test tests what you believe and what you've said. Have you ever noticed when you say something outrageous like this, you get a test on it? God will test you. Not the devil, it's God will test what you say. If you say something, you say, did you really, God will say, did you really mean that? Did you really mean that? Show me, demonstrate your faith. It's not a matter of just words, it's demonstration of power in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then there's such things as trials. We go through trials. Now a trial is something that you go through which you have no ability to do anything about. It's not like a test. You're not being tested. A trial is something where you have to rely on God to bring you through. And I've got a scripture which I love. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I like to read it because uh, I, I don't know about you, I sometimes misquote scripture because it's so familiar to me. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, and will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now this is a wonderful thing. When you are being tempted, look for the way out. And it's a godly way out. It's not, to, not to, a thing that you think with your mind and find your way out. God has prepared something in that temptation for you to escape. Hallelujah. Um, God talked about, to the, uh, in prophecy, he talked about them, uh, the Jews escaping from Jerusalem when the temple was destroyed in AD 70, whatever it was. It, it talks, one of the uh, prophecies is that don't, don't hang around the town, get out and get away from, from it because something disastrous is going to happen. And we all know that what happened was that Jerusalem was laid flat to the ground. But I believe there were people there who God showed them the way out. And I believe I've had quite a number of uh, escapes. <laughs> when I think back, I'm not going to go into them because they're personal, but God has shown me his way out. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's not something you want to do. I, I would say almost 100%. The way out is not always pleasant for you because the whole point of the tribulation is that you might learn from it. When God is testing and trying you, there is a, a purpose. God doesn't try, allow you to go through trials for any other purpose than that you might come out better when you go in. Hallelujah. Because you've seen the hand of God move. It strengthens your faith.
for future situations. Hallelujah. It says in Romans, I love Romans 8 and 28. All things work together to, for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. There's nothing can happen to you in life which doesn't have a purpose from God. Hallelujah. The devil cannot get at you because you're covered by the blood. Hallelujah. There's no pathway from him to you. The, the stream of Jesus' blood has, has put a barrier there. So he can't get to you. He hates the life, living life of you. He hates you. He hates you, the devil. But he is restrained by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I thank God for that. He's, he is restrained. He can't get to you. Hallelujah. You see, like Pilgrim's Progress, uh, there were two lions uh, either side of the path, one either side of the path, when Pilgrim was walking to the eternal city. Uh, and Pilgrim decided, well, it probably wasn't a good idea to walk through the lions. But when he got to the place where the lions are, he found that the lions were chained. And the path where he had to walk was between them. They, they could not get to him. And that's like that with God. The lion's has been changed. Challenged. Cha it's been chained and changed so that you cannot be got at. Bless the Lord. Now, there are things that the enemy tries to do, but let's face it, he has no power over you. And the final scripture I want to read is Galatians 2.20. I love this scripture. We'll get there in a second. 2.20. This is what Paul said. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life. The life. Which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then this, this, I love this scripture, this last bit, he adds a little bit on there, he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He's, he's talking about faith, uh, uh, trying to please God by works. He's talking about the righteousness of God, how our righteousness is not able to, to get, make us righteous, but it's only the righteousness of, of God himself which makes us righteous. Hallelujah. And it's part of the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. I am righteous this morning. Not because of who I am, because of who Jesus is. Hallelujah. And you're righteous this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, um, I was, I don't know where I was. I don't think it was a dream. I dream a lot nowadays. But 
I have to be careful because some of the things I dream so real, I wonder, I think they've happened sometimes. <laughs> but what I, what I was, was shown, I believe, and maybe somebody preached it, I don't know, because I do watch a few preachers, but what he said is, our relationship with God is clear. And when we sin and we do things which are not pleasing, to us, and to God, if he wasn't covered with the blood, we reap consequences, not with God, but with those around us. You see, there are things that we do which are not glorifying to God, which are a part of our testimony to the world around us, to our brothers and sisters and that. And those things are the things that hurt you. They don't hurt God because Jesus has covered your sin and you are righteous now because of the, the covering of your sin. But you hurt yourself and you hurt other people. And you make life very difficult. I, I, can, I can see that around me. You can make life very difficult for people around you by what you do and how you are. That's why we need to live a life that's clear and clean as, uh, by the Holy Spirit so that we don't offend people, so that we don't destroy people because they say, if he can have done that, that shakes my faith. Our lives should engender faith in other people. There shouldn't be these things that, that we fall short on which affect other people. We should be very careful from that point of view. And I think that's a very interesting concept. It's a very interesting concept. We don't hurt God by what we do. We hurt ourselves and other people. So, brothers and sisters, as we walk before God, our testimony should be a testimony of the goodness of God, that we walk according to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that people might not be deterred from becoming a Christian. Because quite often, uh, you, the biggest excuse of somebody you meet on the street is, well, if he's a Christian, I don't want to be like him. That's what our testimony can do. We can't live any old house. As Paul said, we can't live any old house. We have, although we're covered by the grace of God, it's... It's not lawful for us to do things which affect other people. Bless the Lord. Father, I just thank you this morning for the life that's in each and every one of us, Lord. I thank you that there is a wonder, a wonder in our life, and that's Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that as we walk daily, Weekly, we might not cause offence through our sinful nature, our flesh, but that we might cause delight to all around us by demonstration of our faith, Lord Jesus, in you, our love of you. May the power of the Holy Spirit so generate in us the presence of God, Lord, that others may see Jesus in us.
in a mighty way. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We love you, Lord.